As Vincent mentioned um, at the start of the service, it's going to be a different service today, more of a reflective uh, worship and prayer service throughout. My name is uh, Mick Murray, if I haven't met you yet. I'm the director of the Discipleship School and just an honor to kind of guide us through some exercises this morning as we look back on 2021 and then look ahead with hope to 2022, regardless of our circumstances. And so if you are new here, welcome and come back next week for a normal service. Uh, but you're welcome to just engage this morning into something maybe that might be a little uncomfortable uh, or you can sit back and observe. But certainly if you're a follower of Jesus, a member of this body, the invitation is to, to lean in, to press in, and to actually engage in the different exercises we're going to do today. So this is a participatory service, so this isn't just sit down, sit, yeah, all right, one person is excited about participating, um, but it's not just a sit back and tune out, but really there's power in engaging with God, and you could leave transformed this morning uh, if you'll um, give yourself to these different exercises. So as we continue this kind of reflective service, I want to take you into a story to start with that'll end up being kind of a metaphor for some of the exercises we're going to do. And this is the story of Jesus walking on the water to the disciples in the boat, calling Peter out to himself, Peter walking on the water out of Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. And to do this, what I'd like for you to do in a moment is to close your eyes if you're comfortable and and we're going to do kind of an imaginative walk through this story. And this is one of those participatory exercises. And there's, there's power in this type of imaginative, meditative, prayerful reflection on the scriptures. And, and one way to do that is to insert yourself into the story. And I want to invite you to become Peter for a moment and be on the boat with the other disciples and to experience walking on water for just a moment this morning. So if you would, just close your eyes with me. And again, you are Peter. Jesus has just multiplied bread, fed upwards of 20,000 people. John the Baptist has been beheaded. There's been this swirl of emotion. And you're just in wonder at this man who calms storms and multiplies bread and heals the sick. And Jesus is, is sending you and the other disciples off to Gennesaret while he steals away and gets some time, some quiet time in solitude and prayer. The sun's setting in the west over the mountains. You go down to the shore of the Sea of Galilee and your 30-foot-long fishing boat's tied up there. And with the other disciples, you make the preparations and step out into the waters. It's bracingly cold as you push the boat back from shore and swing your legs up over the hull. And you kind of get into the motions. You're a fisherman. You know how this works. You get the boat ready. You hoist the sail and make a westerly course a little bit south of west towards Gennesaret from Bethsaida. beautiful sunset over the mountains and the last gloaming light of dusk fades to darkness and it's just a magnificent night on the water beautiful sky full of stars overhead and initially there's just some light chatter going on again just wonder has overtaken you and the disciples what have we gotten ourselves caught up in this is amazing it's a whirlwind with jesus Eventually, that turns into the usual banter as a few of your friends drift off to sleep 
in the stern. And just after midnight, a, a breeze comes down out of the mountains in the west, begins to stir up the water a little bit, clouds obscure the stars, and you know what's coming. You've been out on the water enough. This type of wind that comes down out of the mountains, and pretty soon it's gale force, and you're trying to sail into it. It's difficult making way. The other disciples wake up. It takes all hands to tack back and forth to try to make headway against the wind. And this happens for hours upon hours. It's exhausting. You've been up all day and now all night. And suddenly one of the disciples cries out in terror and calls out that there's a ghost. And you turn around and look off the stern and and there's just a faint glow on the eastern horizon. It's almost dawn and you see the silhouette of what looks like somebody hovering over the waters and you are panic stricken. Yes, a follower of Jesus, but a fisherman by trade, raised with all the usual superstitions, and panic overtakes everybody in the boat. It's a ghost. But then a voice calls out over the water, take heart, it's I, don't be afraid. And you know that voice. And being the impetuous one, you call out, Jesus, if it's you, then call me to come to you on the water. And then a single word answers, come. And you swing your leg out over the side of the boat impulsively. The boat's sitting about three feet above the water line. You step down onto something firm. And you begin to walk towards Jesus. I want you just to capture Jesus in your mind's eye there. Backlit by the eastern horizon cloak and tunic whipping in the wind, hair whipping about his face, and your eyes are on him for a, for a moment. It's magical. All of a sudden, though, you realize what's going on. You look down, and there's just blackness underneath your feet, the icy depths of the water, the wind, your circumstances, the impossibility of walking on water, all of that all of a sudden distracts you from Jesus. And just in a moment, you're sinking down into those same waters you'd stepped into hours ago. And that same panic washes over you and you cry out, Lord, save me. And a strong carpenter's hand reaches down and grabs you by the front of your cloak and pulls you up out of the water to himself. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And he holds you close to him. He picks you up and he walks to the boat and sets you in the boat. And immediately the wind stills. You can open your eyes. It's a powerful, powerful story. And I want to briefly expand on it and draw out a couple of lessons that are going to launch us into Uh, a couple of responses. And I want to talk for a moment about a concept called liminal space. I actually have a definition come up on the screen. I'm going to read it. Uh, The word liminal comes from the Latin word limen, meaning threshold or any point or place of entering or beginning. A liminal space is the time between what was and the next could be a place of transition, a season of waiting and not knowing. Basically, a liminal space is a space between two fixed points. 
for the disciples on the boat, the, the water itself was the liminal space between the shore at Bethsaida and the shore at Gennesaret. For Peter, of course, it was stepping out of the safety of the boat onto the water between the boat and, and the safety of Jesus' arms. You think of a child who is learning to swim, kind of white-knuckling the side of the pool and, and then eventually pushing off and being out in that open space. And this is the zone of risk. And a lot of times with liminal spaces, that, that place of transition, of not knowing, of leaving but not yet arriving, can be attended to with fear, anxiety, insecurity, doubt. But liminal spaces are also the place of transformation, of change, of impact. And I find that for my wife and I, uh, the transition from one year to the next can be a liminal space. It's like this place in between two solid points where you get a chance to look back and reflect and look ahead with anticipation. And my guess is that across the room, there are uh, a multitude of difficult circumstances. That as you look back on 2021, maybe there's tremendous joy and, and gratitude, but maybe a lot of pain as well. And maybe you're looking ahead to 2022 to some impossible circumstances, whether a relational difficulty, a relationship that's in limbo that you just haven't been able to work out, or a work concern, or in between jobs, not sure how you're going to make ends meet. It might be something that you've self-inflicted, a decision you made that you've been beating yourself up over. You might be here this morning, and this is a liminal space for you. It was a risk. This is kind of a New Year's resolution to come back to a church service, and this is the first time in a long time, and you're feeling really uncomfortable, especially because this is an abnormal church service. It might also be that you look back, and there's a lot of comfort, a lot of things that you're holding on to in 2021 that might be places that need to be let go of, like Peter letting go of the boat. Either way, we want to make the most of this liminal space, make the most of this transition between one year to the next. So a couple, a couple lessons to draw out from the story of Peter walking on water. Number one, in order to come to Jesus, in order to heed the call to come to himself, Peter had to step out of the boat. He had to leave the place of comfort and security. He had to metaphorically let go of the past. Secondly, he had to keep his eyes fixed on Jesus, a really clear lesson from the story. As soon as his eyes left Jesus and he was distracted by the circumstances, he began to sink. So we want to do the same thing. We want to look back and let go of what was. We want to look ahead and, and identify the distractions that lie ahead of us that keep us from fixing our eyes on Jesus. In the middle of that, we're going to insert a third exercise of gratitude because it's right in all circumstances to, to give thanks. And so we're going to let go of the past, be grateful for the present, and look ahead with hope. Is that okay? All right. Four of you. That's good. The rest of you. We'll get there. All right. So three exercises today. The first is letting go of the past. And you got a card when you walked in. And for those of you who didn't, don't worry. They're going to put the questions up on the screen here in a moment. And I'll tee this up. But in a moment, we're going to have four minutes of just quiet. And I think a lot of us need that after the hustle and bustle of the holidays. We're going to give just a time for a little reflection, contemplation, and prayer. And this is where you get to engage again. But 
we're letting go of the past. Again, Jesus called Peter to come to himself. He had to let go of the boat and take that first step out onto the water. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. This is Paul speaking to the church of Philippi. He says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So as you look back at 2021, I want you to go all the way back, January, February, the great freeze and all the challenges maybe that 2021 presented for you. I want you to think of what might need to be let go of. Maybe there's somebody who betrayed you, who wronged you, and you've been carrying bitterness into 2022 like a ball and chain. You've probably heard Jimmy say it before that bitterness is like, drink, uh, like um, drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Bitterness is going to keep you from the things of God that he has for you this year. And so it's not a, an emotion to let somebody off the hook, but it's a choice of the will. And so I want to invite you to make that choice this morning to let somebody off of your hook and to put them on God's hook and trust in his leadership and his justice. It might be some disappointment with God himself. Maybe you took a risk in 2021, you started a business, or you risked in a relationship, and you thought even you had the word of the Lord and it didn't work out like you thought it might, and some disappointment with God has set in. And you need to deal with that so you don't drag that into 2022 and let God off the hook and, and do business with God. He's not intimidated by that, by the way. You might be disappointed with yourself. Maybe you made some decisions in 2021 that need to be left in the past. Whatever it is, you're leaving something behind. It might be, again, a place of security maybe that you've held on to, but you feel like God's calling you into a new space, maybe to take a risk, uh, to start a new relationship, to start a business, maybe to go to the nations, but that's scary and you need to let go of it by faith. And so uh, we're going to put that four-minute timer up on the screen. This is a time for you just to write down what are those things that you need to let go of in 2021 in order to step into what God has for you in 2022. So that timer will start here. I want to invite you to, to press in and engage, and I'll pull us back together here in four minutes. Thank you. 
you finish early, you can always ask the question as you're giving up something and letting go of something, you can ask the Father, Father, what do you want me to have in return? As I'm letting go of this, what do you have for me in return? Take another minute. second exercise we're going to do is an exercise of thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in how many circumstances? All circumstances. At times, I don't like, I don't like this verse. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Gratitude is an act of the will. It's not just an emotional response when things go well, but something that we practice. It's a spiritual discipline. You see practice and exhorted in the scriptures and then practiced by the church for 2,000 years now. And it's something we do in our home around the table just about daily. What's one or two or three things that we're thankful for? Of course, there are times even in our calendar that are set aside. Thanksgiving is a season of thankfulness and gratitude, but it's also a discipline that we do daily. And I was thinking of, of just examples from the past where, it's, where it has healed uh, our marriage, our family. And it's a practice that Steph and I do in, uh, when we're having conflict in marriage. And I asked her permission to share this story. But we had been having some conflict one time. And we've uh, made it a practice that when we get so angry we can't see straight that we take a time out. Hey, I need 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go pray. So I went and got in the car and was just venting and fuming about my wife to the Lord. And, but I was committed to this discipline of gratitude and blessing. And so after kind of getting out the venom, I was committed to being thankful for her. But I couldn't think of anything initially in my anger. And so, but I was committed to the discipline. So I sat there and the first thing legitimately that came to mind was, thank you, God, that she hasn't killed me in my sleep. All right. Just being real to make way for you to be grateful. I was legitimately thankful for that. Uh, but that primed the pump and then finally started kind of seeing clearly again and thankful and thankfulness just started flowing out of me. And it wasn't the silver bullet. We still had to work through our issues. But it got my spirit back into alignment with God's heart and out of my distorted vision from my own pain. Does that make sense? So I want to invite you here for the next four minutes, and we'll start the timer in a moment, but I want, you, I want to invite you even to stare those challenges in the face that have been besetting you and maybe that loom ahead of you, because even in the midst of trial, we can be thankful because of God's character, because of who He is, not because of our circumstances, that He is even using our circumstances to shape us into the person that He wants us to be. 
Paul said, in all circumstances, give thanks. So I want to I challenge you to go a little deeper than just, God, thank you for the clothes on my back and the food on the table, though those are legitimate things to always give thanks for. But where are those tender places this morning? I wanted to invite you to stare at those and to just exercise your will and to give thanks uh, even in that place. You can write those down. You can pray. We're going to take the next four minutes. And, and again, don't just let your mind drift off, but let this be a discipline, an exercise of the will to give thanks in all circumstances as you survey your life. So we'll start that timer. You got four minutes to give thanks.
feel like we're supposed to camp here for just a second. <clears throat> I was reminded as I was writing down a few things of a story from The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom, who was a Christian in World War II, who was uh, taken to an internment camp, a concentration camp, because her family was sheltering Jews. And in the concentration camp, her sister, Betsy, I believe, if I remember the story right, um, her sister would give thanks for everything. And, and it just, it got to where it drove Corey crazy because of their circumstances were as dire as you can imagine. And their dormitory was infested with fleas. And one night as Betsy was going to bed, and forgive me if I'm getting the name wrong, um, Corey overheard her giving, thanking God for the fleas. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for Corey, and she just lashed out at her sister. She's like, how could you thank God for the fleas? Well, her sister ended up dying in that concentration camp, and later Corey found out that the guards who would go from dormitory to dormitory and abuse the women didn't come into their dormitory because of the fleas. And she found herself thanking God for the fleas and forgiving her sister. So I just, I, I think there's something of God wanting to set some people free this morning through thankfulness, looking at even the difficulties. So I just, I want to invite you to stand up. Uh, I wouldn't plan on this, but all of us stand up together and just out loud. And again, this is our abnormal service. This is the participatory service. You don't have to do this. It's an invitation. But I want you to think of the difficult circumstances in your life right now and to stare those in the face and just out loud start thanking God for them in faith. Now, this is not masochistic. We are praying for deliverance from sickness, from uh, financial difficulties and everything else. But God is present in the midst of it. He's doing something. He's working something. And we can thank God if, if nothing, if for nothing else for that. So just... If you have faith in your heart to do that, just kind of stir yourself up and stare at that difficulty and just out loud start thanking God for whatever that thing might be and what God's doing in it. So Lord, just, just with me, I'm just, I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to just pray out loud. Just stir up your soul as you come into 2022 and get unstuck for a moment here. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you are the sovereign Lord of the universe, that nothing has taken you by surprise. None of our circumstances have taken you by surprise. And at a minimum, you have sovereignly allowed the difficulties in our life to shape us, to mold us, that through, tr through trial, you breed perseverance, through perseverance, character, through character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our souls. So right now, across the room, on the stream for those who are taking a risk and thanking you for the difficult circumstances. We ask for breakthrough this morning from the stronghold of that fear, the stronghold of anxiety, that gratitude and faith would well up this morning. Would you pour out a gift of faith all across the room? Faith for that sickness, faith for the lawsuit, faith for the, the relational brokenness. God, would you bring faith in the midst of the trial before the breakthrough even comes? Would we, you help us fix our eyes on you, the, the one who never changes. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we thank you. We thank you. Just lift up your voice. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you've reached down into our pit and pulled us up and seated with you in heavenly places. We are grateful. We're a grateful people this morning. We come into your courts with thanksgiving and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. 
There is power. There is power in gratitude. Break the back of the stronghold of the enemy in your life. Come into 2022 with gratitude. All right, the last exercise. After Peter let go of the boat, his eyes were fixed on Jesus for a moment, and he was able to do the impossible. But after a few moments, he got distracted by the wind and the waves. He began to sink. The invitation, I believe, for all of us in 2022 is to a person, and his name is Jesus. And I don't just say that as a platitude. God has been stirring my heart, my wife's heart, over the break for just spiritual renewal in the midst of so many distractions and comforts and everything else that's going on in life. There are, are things that can take our eyes off Jesus, but God, would you kind of fan into flame afresh the wonder, the miracle, the person of Jesus Christ and the, the real relationship we can have with him by the Spirit. And so we want to just look ahead. What are the things that are, dis- that are distracting you? It was the wind and the waves, which I think all of us can give Peter a little grace for sinking after doing the impossible and walking on water. But what for you, what are those, wind, those winds and those waves that would pull your attention away from Jesus? Again, maybe this is just pain, the pain of life, a physical pain, or our coping mechanisms. I know for me, uh, a coping mechanism is just scrolling through the news, and there's nothing inherently wrong about scrolling through the, through the news. But for me, at times, it can be the place that I go to to just kind of mitigate the pain instead of turning my heart to, to Jesus. Uh, there's a time and a place for entertainment, but at times, entertainment, food can be a distraction that pulls us away from pure devotion to Jesus Christ. This could be, again, maybe just self-deprecation. You're beating yourself up. You just can't let yourself off the hook for all the mistakes. I feel like even there are some parents in here. Maybe there's an estranged child, a son or a daughter, who you're out of contact with. And you just beat yourself up, and there's just you have a hard time lifting your eyes up, so to speak, to look at Jesus. And I just feel like he's lifting your chin this morning to look at him again, because that's the place of strength. He is our hope. If you're placing hope in these circumstances working out, you're going to sink. He is our, our hope. So this last exercise, Psalm 16:8. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. At my right hand, I shall not be shaken. This invitation to you is to come to him. So we're going to take a couple minutes here. What are those distractions that would pull you away from devotion to Jesus? Um, additionally, you'll see at the bottom of that back side of the card, you'll see spaces for three practical steps So this is two parts in these next four minutes. Both, what are the distractions that would potentially pull you away from Jesus as you start 2022? And then in light of these three exercises we've done, letting go of the past, thankfulness for the present, looking to Jesus for the future, getting rid of distractions, what are three practical steps you can take this week? So that's putting some teeth to these exercises. Maybe it's somebody you need to call and ask for forgiveness. Maybe it's resolving just for this week to carve out the first 10 minutes of the day and just get up and practice thankfulness in the midst of your pain. Maybe it's initiating with a couple of people, hey, I'd like to walk in fellowship accountability as we start the new year. What are three practical things that can help you begin to take steps towards Jesus in the midst of your own circumstances? And there's 
a different set of circumstances per person across the room. So wherever you're at, what God's calling you to, how can you move in that direction into faithfulness, relationship with God uh, this year? So we'll put the four minutes up on the screen. We'll start that. So this is a two parts, both what are the distractions and what are the practical steps for the next four minutes? We'll pull back together. halfway through. I want to make sure you get to those practical steps at the bottom there. Three practical steps you can take this week to act on what God's speaking to you.
we'll wrap up. I want to end by taking us back into the story briefly of Peter walking on the water. And, and I, I was, we were praying as a pastoral staff before the service. And one of the prayers that came out was, God, help us to see Jesus afresh, just to see him. I think a lot of times we superimpose what we think God is like on him from inaccurate portraits we have in other people, maybe our own parents, our upbringing. I know um, because I struggle with just performative spirituality performance, when I hear that, that rebuke from Jesus to Peter when he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I can see disappointment on Jesus's face, but I think from the context of scripture, that's not the case. And I think that uh, if we were to go again around the room, that there are some people in here this morning that really feel like you're sinking. You took your eyes off Jesus over the break, made some decisions you regret that you're not proud of, and you're afraid maybe to look to Jesus to call out to him like Peter did, Lord, save me, because you fear kind of the backhand of God or the disappointment or the, the, the displeasure of God. But I don't think that's what's going on here. And so I just want to invite you again to close your eyes to finish our time and, and ask the Holy Spirit, God, would you reveal the face, the countenance of Jesus? And, and again, as Peter, you're Peter, and you're, you're walking on water, you get distracted, you take your eyes off Jesus, you begin to sink, you call out, Lord, save me. And that strong hand reaches down and pulls you up out of the water just in your mind's eye, look at his face for a moment. You just walked on water. I think there was joy. I think there was a smile. I think there was pleasure because Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Even in the rebuke, oh, you have little faith, maybe a little tongue in cheek. Why did you doubt? Well, there was, I'm walking on water, Jesus. But really, I, I, I just... I want you to see him looking at you, just the, the posture of a heart that is turned towards him, that's asking for forgiveness, incites the tenderness of God. Think of all the people who came to Jesus with their sin, with their sickness, with their disease, and he received them, he healed them, he touched them when no one else would. See his face, see the pleasure, see the softness in his eyes, see the smile on the face of God towards you as you're taking steps towards him this morning, imperfectly. We've all blown it and we will continue to blow it, but there is an expansiveness to God's grace. There is a lot of room in the heart of God to fall forward. Just in your own heart, if you've drifted from him over the break, just call out to him again, Lord, save me. Pull me up out of these waters, these self-inflicted wounds, this situation that I've found myself in, the trauma and the abuse that's come at me. Lord, save me. Pull me back up to yourself. And Holy Spirit, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. Let us consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men that we would not grow weary and lose heart in Jesus' name. Just stand with me.